0: <clears throat> oh my voice is almost back to normal thank goodness I have to sing tomorrow and on the oh. weekend we have a gig my first gig in the band
1: oh how exciting
0: oh, yes okay <laughs> <laughs> did I sound excited or terrified that was <laughs> 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 oh, funny mm. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to season two, episode thirteen of *Belgariad* and Beyond. This is a show where we explore magical worlds chapter by chapter and we're beginning with the Bulgarian series of books by David Eddings. This season we're reading a book two, Queen of Sorcery. And today we're diving into chapter 12. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe, and I'm here with Alicia Seymour. Hi Alicia. Hey Sandra. <laughs> How are you going, sweetheart?
1: I'm doing really good. I'm very mellowed out right now
0: yeah you are you always sound super mellowed
1: i know i know people don't believe i can get any uh mellower but it's true
0: <laughs> i just sounded like that dog from the cartoon just <laughs> a, <laughs> i can't remember his name anyway oh. <laughs> Sorry.
1: what is in your potion cup this week oh Mine. I honestly took me a while to remember what happened in my last week, but I put- <laughs> I have I have I have
0: weeks like that. I'm trying to think
1: what's in my cup? What did I do today? What did I do yesterday? <laughs> yeah. It's exactly that. But I put um a mug of warm cinnamon mead. Um mead was on my mind because I found out my cousin he just started his own brewery company with mead, so that's pretty cool. But did he? My week yeah you know that we make mead yeah i know i know it reminded me of you cool um my past week though was a halloween carnival at the girls school i spent the night volunteering there Mm -hmm. it was fun i did dress up and i don't know if you watched stranger things yet i haven't watched stranger things yet but that's okay go ahead I dressed up as Dustin from Stranger Things. Do you He's have a photo? Favorite.
0: Do you have a photo? No. No. I'll try to get one on- You're telling me you don't I'll- have a photo?
1: No, it was so busy that night. I, mean, I one of the other school parents came around and took a photo of me at the booth, but she hasn't sent it.
0: Well, you need um, to get that because I want to put it in the show notes. I'll
1: try to get one tomorrow night at Halloween. I know that's too late for this episode. but
0: That's okay. I'll... Put it in the show notes.
1: You can always add it after the fact.
0: Afterwards. So yeah. people, darlings, if you're listening to this fresh off the pod feed on Thursday the 31st, happy Halloween. And the photo's not in the show notes on the website yet. Come back and you'll be able to see Alicia dressed up as what? Dustin? Dustin? Dustin. From Stranger yeah. Things. I don't know who that is
1: Yes, it's, it's Dustin from season three. If you've seen Stranger Things you know what that means because he goes to camp nowhere.
0: Okay oh. so I she's not spoiling it for me. She's been very very kind and a very good friend because I want to watch Stranger Things. I haven't yet.
1: But that wasn't the end of my dressing up for the weekend because the next day I woke up got dressed in all this garb and went to the renaissance garb. fair with my yeah the renaissance fair with my friends and it's like a pirate fairy um, kind of theme but we always the last two times we've gone we and i do have a photo of this so i can put this one for you okay uh, it's like um I don't know. I always put my wands in my belt and then I have uh, the sting sword, which is Bilbo's sword. And yes. Frodo's sword on my belts. And then it's like a long skirt with like the vest sitting on the
0: Okay. Top. That's the photo I want on the website. Thank you very much.
1: Give me one of those. Yeah, so I have that one I can send you. But that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Enjoy enjoyed that. I got some more wands while I was there.
0: Some more wands. Like you need more yeah. than one wand. Yeah, I have four. four so wands. do you do different magic with your different wands? Um, or no magic and you just look at them?
1: I just like to look at them. Because my last time I went to Ren Faire and I bought Sirius Black's wand. And then I had only Sirius Black and Harry's. And then my girls were playing with them one day and my littlest one, she was only like two at the time, broke Sirius Black's wand. I was super bummed because that was the one of her. Well, I really that's liked. not true to this story. She should have broken Harry's wand, really. Yeah, or Ron's.
0: Or Ron's. I didn't have Ron. Would you like to but see my magic wand? Yeah. I have an actual real magic wand.
1: You have to put a picture of that on the website. Hang on a minute.
0: So I'm just getting my wand from my drawer in my altar. So it's on top of my book so, of shadows. Wait on a sec. I'm gonna take my headphones out. Okay.
1: <laughs> so what is it that makes it like a real wand?
0: Well it's actual witch's it's wand.
1: Made, what is it made out of? That looks like real like yeah. somebody really carved it from yes. wood. Yes. Can you it's really see? Cool. Mm-hmm. now do you use this for anything
0: i do i use it to direct energy and i keep forgetting if it's elder um, or hawthorn i think it's elder
1: sounds like harry potter to me
0: <laughs> so <laughs> i haven't oh, cool. i have I, ha- I haven't carved any symbols on it i'm going to brand like burn some symbols but i just used you had it i've had it for probably three years now but it, it's like
1: day. yes so that's my wand that's cool <laughs> um but yeah i have i have the i have the elder wand and Sirius black I, re- I got his again because i had to and then i bought um luna lovegood's wand because it's so pretty and i love luna you're a wand addict <laughs> i do i want to get the thing to hang them on the wall where they're all like displayed you know okay that's my
0: that's my it's my that's my my hashtag i think
1: wand
0: addict
1: addict. (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's really like the highlights from my week uh i of course had a lot more inner stuff going on with reading these books i'm reading and that's been great but the fun stuff was halloween and ren fair i forgot how to spell addict
0: that's cool that's a fun week
1: yeah i don't usually have that much activity in one weekend um but it was fun
0: okay well my potion this week is valerian lavender and passion flower tea sounds good because they're (laughs) all sedative they all all those herbs have sedative qualities all those plants and I can really feel the autumn and the churning, this changing season. I love heading into autumn and all this slowing. I can feel myself kind of sinking and slowing and you know, just staring out the window at the suddenly golden trees that were green not so long ago and bare branches. And today was our first really cold day. It was really chilly. We had to go drive up to Amsterdam And pick our friend up from the airport she's flown over from the states and she's staying with us for a month and so we had a big drive it's about a two-hour drive up to the airport from where we live and it was so pretty out there it was so crisp and bright sun but cold and i just love it so i'm just really feeling Mm -hmm. the slowing of the seasons And it's nice. It's helping me to, you know, just remember to rest and breathe and be where I am. And that's been a really, uh, a really nice
1: reminder. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been getting pretty cold here too. Yeah. Um, It just kind of hit because Saturday was super hot while we were at Ren and then the day after that, it was just like snap the fingers, boom, uh, here's winter, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just pass over fall a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's the same. It's a lot cooler now, even though outside right now, it's probably like, I know you don't know Fahrenheit, but I'd say it's under 70, which is unlike San Diego. It's usually at least around 80. Well, you're so. sitting there in a t shirt. Okay, jump run. Yeah. Nice. I mean yeah, still San Diego, because I grew up in San Diego, so I'm not used to harsh cold. I'm only used to San Diego cold. Uh, okay, okay. It's like Brisbane cold. Everybody makes fun of San Diegans <laughs> because we don't really have weather. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's Brisbane. Kind of That's
0: like... so totally like <laughs> Brisbane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just like mild versions of the same thing <sighs> okay but that's all right good. That's well really that's good. the
0: weather report darlings so <laughs> chapter summary please be in and give me garyan's view okay
1: this was an even shorter chapter than last week i think
0: <laughs> it was about the same yeah um,
1: they so they do head into Tolnedra. Mm-hmm. and It doesn't take long. They stop and like change their clothes back to their road clothes and all that. And then they get stopped by some troops on their way in and Silk stops to have a pretty good conversation with one of these guys about what's going on in Tulnidra. And then after all that, they continue on find a place to sleep overnight and they wake up to leave the next morning. I think it is that these two guys just kind of run out of nowhere one of them is crazy and Garion kind of just tries to push him away. And something strange happens at mm-hmm. Garion's touch to this man. So it seems like this is kind of Garion's first encounter with his mm-hmm. own magic, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's yep. the end, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Chapter over. See you next week, guys. So Yeah, it was really short. Like I read it last night and then it ended and I was kind of like, oh, oh I it ended. Expecting it to end there.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is um part two of um Queen of Sorcery. And this is where they so if we... part one was all in Arendia and part two is in Tornidra. And all that we have heard about Tornidran so far is they like money and they have legionnaires that's pretty much it. And they sort of own the trade routes and they're all into like trade and commerce and stuff.
1: What, tell me what is, I was asking Nathan this last night, cause I didn't know he didn't know, like what exactly is a legionnaire?
0: Okay. A legionnaire is a soldier, you know? a type of soldier.
1: Soldier. Is it like a ranking or something? I don't is think so, but
0: I'm going to make that our random fact of the show. So, If you know a specific definition, feel free to pop into the Facebook page or send an email to Beyond at gmail.com and let us know all about Legionnaires or give us a link to somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I'll have a bit of a look around and see if I can find some information about that and make that our random fact, and that'll be on the website in the show notes. And also, I have a new map to put in. We've got a new little slice of of the world to look at, Tornidra, which is south of Arendia, where we've just left.
1: Because I'm reading this on my phone. Mm -hmm. And the Tornidra map, because it's on my phone, I can't zoom in or anything. I
0: had a hard time. Oh, you can't? You can't make it bigger, even like with the zoot-zoot with your fingers?
1: No, I I couldn't. It's the app I'm using, I guess, on my iPhone.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. You'll be able to zoom in on the website, guys. Have a look at the show notes for this episode. Anyway, so yep, they head over into Tal Nidra. So the king and uh, some knights accompany them to the border. And what did you think when they when they so when the last chapter ended, Garion had had a breakthrough to compassion for Mandrall and his situation with the Baroness and Lady Narina.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when this chapter starts, they're riding out and Narina is standing upon the wall, looking, you know, just just standing, she doesn't wave. She doesn't even Gary doesn't even know she's looking in their direction. Gar and, and Mandarellan doesn't look back. And Garion's like holding his breath feeling all the romance of the situation. I just he's feeling it so big in his little person.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a sweet moment. I yeah. um I think at that age you're just kind of starting to explore that kind of love. And so mm-hmm. I think seeing it so personally between them was mm-hmm. just like a big eye opener like the different kinds of love there can be. Yes. Between two people, you know? Yes. Yeah. I definitely had the vision of her name is escaping me right now. But no, uh, but the vision of her standing up there reminded me a lot of the shot in um, The Lord of the Rings when they zoom in on Rohan. Oh, uh, That girl. Eowyn. A- Eowyn uh, is standing there. That's how I visualized it. Uh, but yeah, that was a sweet moment. And the king, yeah, the king escorts them like mm-hmm. a ways the border and has some conversations with mr wolf about he's going to take care of the murgo and his his area and make sure they're under control mm-hmm. or that they leave and all that
0: yeah he's basically gonna harass them out of his kingdom
1: yeah and the, they hope the next time they meet that the world's a better place
0: yeah
1: well how's like the that. world be a ha-
0: hope the world's a happier place or something Mm-hmm. I might have to let you talk through this whole chapter because my throat keeps catching.
1: Oh, let me see. So then they they stop for to change back into their clothes like that they use for traveling. Oh, and yeah, I
0: like this part. They're, tra- they're traveling clothes. The way that Mr. Yeah. Wolf just so... I know.
1: Wasn't he the one fighting to like change into the other clothes and now he doesn't want to take them off?
0: Is no, 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 no. Wolf, he didn't. He hates wearing his show-off clothes.
1: Isn't that what they're in right now?
0: No, they're in their fancy clothes, and they change back into their traveling clothes. And yeah. it gives a description like Mr. Wolf has. This, he settles into this obvious comfort with his patched, rust-colored tunic and mismatched shoes. So he looks like a total hobo, and <laughs> loves it
1: okay i think i misinterpreted it the first time i i felt like he was uh, not wanting to change for some reason like he didn't want Uh to
0: change oh no no he says let's keep the guise of merchants which is what they were before like um merchants traveling yeah under like like the retinue of silk
1: yeah that makes sense now so they um but it's it Barrack that asks Mr. Wolf. If yes. there's Any signs of the orb about? And I was yeah. It, it just seemed like so casual the way he just throws that question out there when before it was this big like we don't talk about it kind of thing. Um,
0: well, it hasn't been mentioned a lot because they all I think they all know what they're doing since since way back at the start of this book though. Remember, he said, "Okay, this is what we're doing," and he used just used plain language to describe it all. Yeah, because they had set the minstrels and storytellers out telling the old stories so that the spell that the thief had used to pinpoint anyone talking about the orb couldn't be used because everybody's talking about it all over the place. Mm -hmm. So they're free to mention it whenever they like now.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah. So then they find out that that Zadar is... A few weeks ahead of them and that's basically it they just decide to keep going and try to catch up and and see if they can figure out where he's at that's when they run into the customs station and silk seems to know as always knows a lot about all of this so he's like let me talk to them yeah so that conversation with one of the troops i
0: guess so and there, they, there's a differentiation made here you know between the customs officers and tolnidran legionnaires so they're they're tolnidran people but they're not legionnaires and it's made very distinct by their slovenly appearance and rusty breastplates and you know unkempt kind of appearance Le- legionnaires would be much more you know, um, ship shape.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so and so... and it's
0: interesting. They go in here into the the conversation about the legitimate uh, smuggling <laughs> operations. The placement what, what... of the like the board, the gate, the customs station where you officially cross into the country mm-hmm. um, is far enough away from the border that it doesn't interfere with legitimate smuggling operations.
1: (laughs) Oh, I missed that.
0: And so Silk is like right in his element here, all of the intrigue and deception and commercial stuff. He loves it. Yeah.
1: yeah. He talks about that you can just basically bribe them and then move on.
0: Yeah. And it's expected, in fact.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> he approaches the the troop as Radek of Boktor again. Yes. The, the Drasnian merchants. Mm-hmm. So he explains, you know, what their their uh, cover story to this guy.
0: Back to the Sandarian woolens. hmm
1: And then um, he gets like quite a bit of insight from this from this, tr- this the, soldier, officer, whatever,
0: the, the officer, the customs officer. Well, the customs agent, uh, so the officers are there and then the customs agent comes out and he's, you know, just all very businesslike and he's the one that Silk talks to about the state of the roads and <clears throat> then they start talking politics.
1: Yeah. Uh, so he's saying that there's some, some turmoil is the word he uses.
0: Yes. In So, you, so you tell me what you understood of this part because there's new new kind of people being introduced and new politics. So you tell me what you understood and I'll jump in.
1: Okay. Um well I basically all I got from this was that you know he says it's the succession. Um the is it the king? Is there a king here? Is that who no, is an or emperor is an emperor. So, Ran Borun? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sil- Silk asks, is he ill? And, and he's like, no, but um, the, they just, I don't know what is...
0: He's not ill, he's, only- he's old.
1: So, then they're just, they're trying to find ways to kill him, right? Like
0: So, well, what's happening? actually hiring... Yeah. What's um, happening is Ran Borun is just getting old, and he has no legitimate successor he hasn't got a son to take over the you know to become emperor and so um, it's the end of his dynasty the Borun dynasty and all of the big families are maneuvering so that they will become the next you know one of them will become the next emperor and it's very underhanded and very dirty dirty politics so it's lots of bribery and corruption and one of the families doesn't is not as wealthy as the others. And so they just poison people and kill them. And so this dude is whinging because, you know, we spend all this money to buy a candidate and then he just kills over blackface one day on the street. And, you know, just basically a very ordinary kind of everyday conversation about really like murder and bribery and corruption in politics. And it's just like an everyday thing to the Tolnedians.
1: Yeah. yeah it's, it's almost kind of, I mean, I guess it's all out in the open anyways, so it's not a secret, but uh, it's just strange that this guy just spills it all out without yeah. any any thought of like these people might not be who they say they are, you know?
0: Yeah. And that sort of goes to show that it is, it's not a hidden thing. This is just pol- normal normal running of the country. This is normal politics in Tol
1: Yeah. And aside from the poisoning and all that, it sounds a lot like the elections here. Oh,
0: shit, really?
1: Yeah, I mean, the campaigning is the same as, like, they're trying to get themselves boosted up higher than this one so that when the president's done, yeah, they're the one who yeah. gets in next, you know.
0: Bribery and corruption. Yeah. Bribery and corruption. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so that's sort of an introduction to a Toledian politics. Is there
1: anything and, else like in that conversation uh, that's worth talking about? Or not? I
0: don't think so. No, I mean they touch on he touch the, the guy sort of touches on Ramburin's daughter. He says all he said, all of this is going on, and all Ramburin does is sit in the palace doting on that little monster he calls a daughter. Mm. And they can't I assume we'll
1: see her. Yeah. So. We'll,
0: <laughs> oh, I'm not saying anything. We'll see what we see. And anyway, so. Um, Silk's just like loving it. He's just like, oh, in his element. And Barrett calls him a very bad man because it's such a <laughs> cesspool. And so it's like, yes, yes, but it's never dull. Never dull. <laughs> Um, so they they go yeah. on in and and everything and Dernick really approves of the look of the place because everything's neat and ordered and tidy.
1: This is the place they're sleeping for the night.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And so is, it's really short, like a paragraph, just saying they sleep over. It's yeah, a nice place. Yeah, Dernick approves, and they wake up, and then oh no, there's these people running at us. <laughs> it's yes. just so quick.
0: <laughs> so just out of the blue. Um, uh, is a two brown robed men they're described as and one of them sort of running clutching his head with a really you know disturbed um expression on his face and Gary's horse rears up and and sort of pushed his hand out to push him away so you, you can talk about this
1: yeah he's just it's it's like the moment he touches his head the man falls to the ground and uh the other guy is, is telling Gary you didn't have to hit him so hard. And he's like, but I didn't, I didn't hit him. And then they say, well, there's like a welt on his face. Don't you see that? So what do you
0: think of that? What, what, like there's a description in here about the internal process that happens when he touches the man and then there's a welt on the guy's head.
1: Well, I, I did kind of go right to the, like, I remembered his hands, the. the the mark on his hand Mm -hmm. and I figured that must have been the hand he touched him with Mm -hmm. so I didn't know exactly why Uh, maybe because his intention was to protect himself he Mm -hmm. he unintentionally like hurt this guy just with a touch that makes sense not meaning to but Mm -hmm. there's some kind of power in that mark and I think the
0: the the telling thing is the vast roaring that fills his mind. Do you remember the uh-huh. sound that he's been hearing when other people do magic?
1: Mm. Okay, so he's hearing that now. Yeah, and then Aunt Paul just kind of is super calm about all of it. She doesn't even really react, other than just like, like go do exactly what I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and um. So she tells him to get off his horse and go and touch the man on his head again, right? Mm-hmm. With the same hand. And then the instant he touches him, the man wakes up, and not only is his is his head good, but like the injury, but his mental status yeah. is back to normal. And right? I think
0: it's really um, beautifully simple. People overcomplicate magic, way too mm-hmm. much the way that she describes what he needs to do she says go and touch him with your hand and apologize for knocking him over that's all and he adds and i hope you feel better yeah. and then he feels another surge which is completely different feeling to the first surge that he feels through his hand and and so this It's a beautiful example of how simple magic is at its core. It's about intention. All magic is about intention Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and release and the release of your will. The will and the word is such an apt description for magic. This is what magic is. It is building your energy, your will, and releasing it somehow with a word a gesture or some kind of you know ritual action that is all ritual magic is doing things in a certain way to release your will into the world so that that energy then ripples out
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point i think a lot of people don't believe in magic because they also have like all these labels around what that means or Mm -hmm. what it looks like. And they just believe that that can't be true, but really magic, all it is, is, is the power of your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But also more than it's going beyond the mind in some ways. Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, we use symbols and archetypes and energy patterns and ways of being to enliven, you know, to make that magic live everyone does magic every day yep. and that's a fact Yep. so anyway
1: yeah that that's a good point i kind of um didn't really pick up on all of those different aspects when i was reading it so i'm glad you walked through your interpretation of it
0: you're welcome because it well, this it is my bag baby
1: <laughs> and um so, so the second monk is is like, oh my gosh, this is a miracle. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they they kind of Aunt Paul and Mister Wolf kind of explain it away. Is that she she used her magic through Garion mm. to heal because sometimes you just have to do that. Yeah. Know, because you can't it's always be going around. Yeah. Yeah. You can't always be going around flashing your own magic. You you can work through other people. Yeah. But and catch, i think it's Garion—that catches the glance between the two of them to tell, and he knows what he feels inside. That yes, that's not—that's not the truth.
0: Yeah. Well, um, Dernick, dernicks not convinced. Dernick's sort of like, um, what happened? You know, what's going on? What did you know? Because he's, this is Garion. What does Garion do? And they just fob it off, and but Dernick doesn't really believe them, he, and um. He he Aunt Paul just says, just please don't ask so many questions. It had to come from the same hand as the blow. Just really deflects everything. Oh, and I missed this, but the dry awareness in Garian's mind is back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: because as you say, he knows that it's something happened and it wasn't the way Aunt Paul described it. And he, he sort of looks closely at the silvery mark on his palm which seems to be different for some reason.
1: (laughs) Yes. And then the chapter ends, though, with Aunt Paul saying that she will explain it later. So I'm curious how much she'll explain Mm. and if she's going to be completely honest or not.
0: But she does reach over and firmly close his fingers over his, like, close his hand. So he's not looking Mm. at his palm anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's good. Yeah. I like that ending. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, my voice is really catching. We're going to have to wrap it up pretty quick today. Okay. Um, so, magic of the chapter. I'll let you say yours, and then, and well, I can say it since I said I chose the same as you because.
0: Because I thought of another one, as well. So you say this one.
1: Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> The magic I choose is the moment that Garion, um, you know, uh, or Aunt Paul directs him of how to like go and touch the man's head again. Mm-hmm. And then he's uh, all back to, to good.
0: Yeah, yeah, so.
1: yeah.
0: And I'd, I did put that, but then as we're talking through the chapter there, I realized that there was another piece of magic and it was when Barak asked about where the orb, you know, about the orb. Um, was there any signs of it and mr wolf said a touch or two so he can sense it and i always love that stretching out with your senses kind of magic
1: Mm -hmm. so ah, that's a good one so real life relating do you want to share yours
0: yeah okay so my real life relating is when um pollen wolf um, explain what happened with the monk to Dernick, and he knows that they aren't telling the truth, um, or at least not the whole truth. And my mum used to do this all the time; like the adult stuff was none of my business, and I knew that uh, like it wasn't all there was to it because I'd I'd overheard more to start with, and I can always remember feeling
1: like. think I'm stupid or something (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I've been there too I think a lot of kids go through that um I chose the when they go like when they first arrived in Tolnedra and I guess I don't know Silk knows a lot about it but some of the others are learning like the ways of Tolnedra for the first time and how kind of crazy it is Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just remember being, and I don't, come on. Oh, that was weird. Are like you okay? Dickhead, like my, my.
0: Maybe you're feeling me. just
1: mean. stuck there, I guess. I don't usually go too far around, far from San Diego, but other, just even within San Diego, different places you go and you just see the different ways of people. And sometimes it can be like that sense of like, whoa, that's just. That's really out there. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't relate or understand that in any way. So I just was reminded of that idea.
0: Okay. I know what up to prophecy speaks. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. I hope you didn't hear that, everyone.
1: So,
0: this week, my question is um, I've been thinking about it for quite a while, um, offering retreat space here in our home for basically a reset, healing and reset, like a true retreat, not a fancy place to go to, but somewhere that's real. That you can be part of the family for a while, um, have a personal cook chef, therapist, holistic therapist, sound healing, <laughs> forests, you know all of the good stuff for a proper retreat reset. Um, I'll be that thinking about amazing, yeah, I'll be thinking about offering it for a while, mm and our friend who's here is basically going to be having that kind of experience and so it was really interesting she asked uh, while we were driving back from the airport had we ever thought about that and I said well actually yes (laughs) you know because I'm a holistic therapist my girlfriend is um, a composer who creates amazing healing soundscapes and is a percussionist also and so we have a sound studio set up in the house and I have been daydreaming about setting up like a um like some sort of bed low on the floor bed in there so that you could go in there and experience sound healing like have music playing or in the room and I had already been thinking about it and I thought, yeah well yeah I have actually been thinking about that and so That's my question today. Um, The exact question is, thinking about offering healing retreats in the future, what do I need to know about that? Um, And the book that I'm using for prophecy is The Wizard of Oz, The Marvelous Land of Oz by L. Frank Baum. It's like a complete oh cool it's a really old hardback Mm -hmm. so i haven't read this book before ever so i'm really looking forward to reading it eventually i just pulled it out of my to be read pile so let's have a i think i'm halfway through a sentence tip was made to carry wood from the forest that the old woman might boil her pot, he also worked in the cornfields, hoeing and husking, and he fed the pigs and milked the four-horned cow, that was Mumbai's special pride. But you must not suppose he worked all the time, for he felt that it would be bad for him when he sent to the forest. When sent to the forest, Tip often climbed trees for birds' eggs or amused himself chasing the fleet white rabbits or fishing in the brook with bent pins. Then he would hastily gather his armful of wood and carry it home. And when he was supposed to be working in the cornfields and the tall stalks hid him from Mumbai's view, Tip would often dig in the gopher holes or, if the mood seized him, lie upon his back between the rows of corn and take a nap. So by taking care not to exhaust his strength, he grew as strong and rugged as a boy may be.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's perfect. Did you get anything specific out of it? Well,
0: I live in the Netherlands and corn is a rather prolific crop here. Oh. and especially uh I, like you see them growing in rows and you can just like we've got fields at the edge end of our street and you can walk along mm. like the are empty fields at the moment and even that is beautifully like something beautifully healing about them the cornfields in every stage of their cycle
1: mm-hmm.
0: walking along the edges of the fields and you know down the middle of them and so what I need to know is that it's not such a way out idea.
1: Yeah? I mean, you even have the cornfield. You can incorporate a walk along the cornfields as part of the healing.
0: Well, as long as I and as long as I don't exhaust myself, as long as I stay to my idea of it being an experience of living in our home and sharing what we do every day. We have a very we have a magical life. Our conversations are deep. Yeah and spiritual and healing just all by themselves. The food we eat is home cooked and mostly plant-based and good and full of love and care. And you can walk out the door and walk to the end of our street into the forest or to the end of the street the other way and walk through the along the edge of the cornfields, you know. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It is healing just being here. I think that is something I would need to remember. I don't have to invent programs. It already is its own experience yeah. and exactly perfect the way it
1: is. Don't overcomplicate it. Yes. That's awesome. That's mine. I like the whole story. It just took me to my own little dream world. <laughs> <laughs> um I oh a quick follow-up from my last week uh, was about what was causing those crazy dreams in my sleep
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how to stop them. Um, I actually did find an answer of of a way to get into my body before I go to sleep, um, rather than using my mind for anything at all. I just kind of start shutting it down
0: mm-hmm.
1: and go into my body, and that seems to be helping. Great. A lot.
0: So do you do like a check in, like toes, feet?
1: Yeah, it's like filling your inner body energy, mm-hmm. and you start at your toes, work your way up to your head, and then you kind of do the wave yep. of energy going through you, and then you just focus that all of the en- the inner energy is there on mm-hmm. your whole body at once. Good job. So that's been helping. Well done. Um, but this girl. week, yeah, it's been great. This week, I actually have this huge dream. It's a huge, huge dream um, that I do So you did have create. an
0: adventure dream.
1: No, I'm talking about like a dream like to create in this world, this oh, okay. world. Okay,
0: okay. Something you would like to have.
1: Yeah. And that is to have my books turned into movies. Mm-hmm. I don't usually talk about it because I I feel I used to feel like it was impossible or that I was not worthy of it or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've kind of stopped living that way. And I slowly just saying that that's a dream I have. So I'm going to ask today, uh, what inspired action can I take Today, towards turning my books into movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using A Feast for Crows, which is, I believe, the fourth book in the Song of Ice and Fire. Okay. And uh, see what I get. Hm. Victor- Victorian shuddered. Show me this dragon's egg. I threw it in the sea during one of my dark moods, Euron gave a shrug. It came to me that the reader was not wrong. Too large a fleet could never hold together over such a distance. The voyage is too long, too perilous. Only our finest ships and crews could hope to sail to Slaver's Bay and back. The Iron Fleet. The Iron Fleet is mine, Victorian thought. He said nothing. The crow's eye filled two cups with his with a strange black wine that flowed as thick as honey. Drink with me, brother. Have a taste of this. He offered one of the cups to Victorion. The captain took the cup Yoran had not offered, sniffed at its contents suspiciously. Seen up close, it looked more blue than black. It was thick and oily with a smell like rotted flesh. He tried a small swallow and spit it out at once. Foul stuff. Do you mean to poison me? I mean to open your eyes. Euron drank deep from his own cup and smiled. Shade of the evening, the wine of the warlocks. I came upon a cask of it when I captured a certain, uh, I don't know this word, a l l G-A-L-L-E-A-S, out of Carth. Along with some clothes and nutmeg, 40 bolts of green silk and four warlocks who told a curious tale. One presumed to threaten me, so I killed him and fed him to the other three. They refused <laughs> to, eat, to eat their friend's flesh at first, but when they grew hungry enough, they had a change of heart. Okay. All right. Hmm. Um, I think talking about the... Um, it's year on He's talking about the reader, meaning reader. I think isn't like a card reader of some kind. Mm-hmm. When he says, "It comes to me that the reader was not wrong. Too large a fleet could never hold t- together over such a distance. Um, only our finest ships and crews could hope to sail to Slavers Bay and back." Like I don't know about what what inspired action I can take right now. I feel like this is telling me more of like, it's, it's not, it may not be your first series, but there will be a series that is going to be your finest and that that's going to be the one that's going to just take off. Okay. Maybe. Great.
0: Okay. That and don't believe what you hear, get the contracts. This is something that you have to would have to have contracts and negotiations in place. Don't yeah. take people
1: at their word. Right. <laughs> yes, that's an important one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because these three brothers in this scene are all good for nothings in this book.
0: So yeah, that's what I that's what I got out of that.
1: Okay, that makes sense um it's really exciting because my cousin he recently he's the he's a composer and he recently um had this idea to create an opera and now he's got a team of producers and and like 30 people built around him and it's happening wow yeah And, and he just told me all this yesterday and i was just like oh my goodness like that's fantastic that you know to me all this stuff like this stuff's happening in the lives of the people like with you and and what you're doing and then i have another friend who she's also in music but a singer and some crazy things are happening to her and i'm my cousin i'm just like this is only a signpost that i am on my i'm almost there like it's right there is this the cousin that does your book covers no ah this is a different.
0: surrounded by artistic cousins
1: Yeah, we're a very creative family. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Cool, okay.
0: So we're at the end of the chapter and I'm going to be very boring, darling listeners, and sign off pretty quickly because my throat's Really catching, and I thought it was getting better, but a big session oh. of talking has knocked me a little bit on my ass.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get you some rest. I'll just give my prediction <coughs> for the next chapter, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. um I think next time, Aunt Paul maybe will tell Gary in the truth about what happened with his hand. Uh, and that he might start to understand that he actually holds some of this power that he sees in Aunt pole and Mr. Wolf himself. Okay.
0: Darling listeners, if you are all the way at the end of this episode, you can use the hashtag (laughs) wandaddict to talk about this chapter specifically. (laughs) And you'll find us on Facebook and Instagram at Belgariad and Beyond. And all the links to um, things will be, anything we mention will be in the show notes. But if you want the extended show notes, please go to com, click on episodes,
1: and everything is in there. Yes, and on iTunes, please leave us a rating or review so we can reach more people and more people can find us on there um it's just a huge help and i know there is an audience for this podcast out there we just need to be able to get it in front of them
0: that's been a huge revelation i think
1: yeah yeah it really has so we we really just want the right people to find this so that Mm -hmm. um have the community for Bulgaria fans
0: yeah this is such a cool show like i love this conversation we have it's so good
1: yeah it is okay but that's it for this week we'll let sandra go rest yeah.
0: thanks for joining we'll us and back. sticking around everyone we love you
1: yes we'll see you next week okay bye <laughs> Good. Oh, sorry, well, I darling. I know. I'll let <laughs> you go, but I sent you the photo. It's right. in Facebook Messenger. Excellent. So you can look at it.
0: Yes. And I'll add she it to the show notes. You say, right. She really
1: is a big nerd.
0: Because <laughs> we didn't know that.
1: <laughs>
0: I know. All right, nerdy All right, girl. Well, go
1: get some rest. I will. Talk to you soon. <laughs> I feel better.